RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. The headlines. Twelve more activists, including former lawmakers, have pleaded guilty to their alleged roles in an unauthorized assembly during last year's June the 4th. Experts have suggested that Hong Kong share share COVID exposure records with mainland authorities to reopen the border. And artist and architect Raymond Fung has said it's a milestone that the M Plus Museum will open in November. Twelve more activists have pleaded guilty to their alleged roles in an unauthorized assembly on June the 4th last year. Former lawmakers including Albert Ho, Leung Kwok Hung and Chu Hoi Dick and others pleaded guilty to taking part in an, in or inciting others to take part in an unlawful assembly. Eight other defendants in the case including Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai and Hong Kong Alliance Vice Chairwoman Chow Hang Tong had earlier said they would not plead guilty and their trial is set for November. National Security Police have raided the now-closed June 4th Museum in Mong Kok as four core members of the Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China remain in detention. Francis Sit reports. Vice Chairwoman Chao Han Tong and three other members were arrested yesterday on suspicion of failing to hand over information requested by National Security Police. Officers arrived at the museum this morning and sealed off the entrance to the building, with some carrying boxes. The alliance, which used to hold annual June 4 vigils, decided to close the museum after officials accused it of operating it without the required licenses. The alliance was fined $8,000. A respiratory medical expert says exchanging COVID exposure records is one of the things mainland and local authorities have to work on before both sides can lift border restrictions. Leung Chi Chu's comments come a day after the chief executive said she's proposed to Beijing to have experts from both sides discuss conditions to ensure the safe reopening of the border. Dr. Leung says the records are needed to trace potential patients once a confirmed case is found in the community. This only involves people going across the border. Uh, it will not affect the power of the citizens in either Hong Kong or in mainland because for those who are going to the other territory for public health and infection control, I think there is a lead to exchange such information. It's proportional to the control lead for the disease and there should not be any contravention of the uh, privacy in that regard. Dr. Leung said on RTHK that officials also have to work on how to segregate airport commuters who arrive from high-risk areas and the mainland. Artist and architect Raymond Fung has hailed the opening of the M-Plus Museum on November the 12th as an important milestone for arts development in Hong Kong. However, he said it'll be a challenge to open a contemporary arts museum in the midst of a pandemic which has badly crippled the tourist sector. Mr. Fung, a member of the Development Committee of the West Kowloon Cultural District Authority, told RTHK that the museum made the decision to allow Hong Kong residents free entry for the first year to help boost visitor numbers. We know we have this sort of situation. Therefore, we're talking about having free of charge for Hong Kong people and hoping to see progress, you know, in terms of visitors. And by then, maybe, you know, mainlanders come to Hong Kong after some months. And that will take some time to see how it works. 
Two local universities have jointly invented a new robotic device to heal head and neck cancer. Clinical and engineering experts from the Chinese University of Hong Kong and the University of Hong Kong say the new laser microsurgery device will be less invasive. Unlike the traditional method where a straight metal tube has to extend into the patient's mouth, the largely plastic device can remove tumors in narrow throats. CUHK's surgical expert Jason Chan says he hopes the device can be put to use in within a decade. With this flexibility, we may have patients where we can operate on when they're not in extreme positions. For example, to have your patients with their necks extended, their mouths open really wide, and we sometimes have to use sutures or other materials to pull their tongues really out of their mouth and forwards. So these are extreme positions that are not suitable for all patients. And even with those extreme positions, you cannot get to all these tumors. So with these small profile flexible uh, robotic systems, uh, we may not need to use such extreme positions and still get to where we need to go or even other places as well. More than three weeks after leaving Afghanistan, the former President Ashraf Ghani has released a statement about why he fled the country when the Taliban took Kabul. Mr. Ghani apologized for what he said was the way things ended, but denied he took millions of U.S. dollars with him during his escape. A close aide to Mr. Ghani, Sarwar Ahmed Azai, said the former leader was trying to avoid bloodshed in the nation's capital. Street-to-street uh, street fighting would have resulted in thousands of innocent civilians dead and probably destructions to private and public properties. And that's why he preferred not to fight and uh, uh, peacefully surrender the city to Taliban. Meanwhile, dozens of women have marched through the streets of Kabul and in the northeastern Badakhshan province to protest at the announcement of an interim Taliban government with no female representatives. Some were reportedly beaten before the protests were dispersed. Former U.S. President Donald Trump has criticized the removal of a huge statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee, who fought to preserve slavery in the American Civil War. Mr. Trump praised General Lee and said America's history and heritage were being extinguished by the radical left. The BBC's David Willis reports. This particular statue has become a focal point for protesters, many of them arguing that these statues represent a symbol of America's ugly, racist past. Defenders, of course, say that they are monuments to the bravery of those who fought on behalf of the South and that removing them basically erases this country's history. And they include the former president, Donald Trump. He said that Robert E. Lee was a genius, a great strategist and a unifying force. There were shouts and cheers as the monument of General Lee was lifted off its base. These people explained why they were pleased to see it go. It's a beautiful moment um, in this country. You know, this isn't the end, but these sign this signifies that we're accepting the past for what it really is. We can't hold the Confederacy and, and people like Robert E. Lee on statues anymore. For it to finally come down, man. It won't it's a moment of joy for me because it represents so much of oppression, depression, because who Robert E. Lee represents. It's got to be hard for black people to have to go by those statues on a public space, a public street on a, you know, a daily basis. So, yeah, they're, I think they're offensive and they, they needed to come down. The trial of the American biotech entrepreneur Elizabeth Holmes has begun in California with prosecutors claiming she lied about a blood testing device that made her a billionaire and her defense said she had simply made mistakes. 
Her diagnostics firm Theranos collapsed in 2018 after the technology was shown to be fake. The BBC's James Clayton was in court. Elizabeth Holmes came into the court surrounded by her legal team. In court, she sat bolt upright, poised, attentive as she listened to the case against her. The prosecution didn't mince its words. The word lies was mentioned liberally. The prosecution focused particularly on what Theranos had said their tech could do versus the reality. They also talked of people who had used Theranos testing who'd been misdiagnosed, including cancer patients. The case is likely to take months, and at some point it's possible that Elizabeth Holmes will herself take the stand. There's been a significant increase in reports of health incidents affecting U.S. spies and diplomats in recent months. Originally known as Havana Syndrome, officials say the condition has now spread to every continent. The BBC's Gordon Carrera has more details. In August, a visit by the U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris to Vietnam was delayed after a U.S. official reported an anomalous health incident, commonly known as Havana Syndrome. The symptoms, often hearing strange sounds and a feeling of heat or pressure, were first spotted in Cuba in 2016 and have disproportionately affected intelligence officers. There's been a significant increase in reports in recent months. While some have suggested psychological origins, evidence in at least some of the cases points to individuals being targeted with directed pulsed microwaves. The far-right Brazilian president, Jair Bolsonaro, is known as the Trump of the tropics and it appears he's taking a leaf out of the former U.S. president's playbook. With his approval ratings falling, Mr. Bolsonaro says he may not accept the results of next year's election. He's also targeted the Brazilian Supreme Court, which has been investigating him and his inner circle over allegations of spreading fake news. Now the court's chief justice, Luis Fux, has hit back strongly condemning the president's attacks. The Supreme Court will not tolerate threats to the authority of its decisions. If there is contempt towards those decisions from those who hold power, this represents an attack on democracy. It constitutes criminal responsibility and will be assessed by the National Congress. New survey work in the North Sea has revealed the outline of spectacular Ice Age landscapes in three-dimensional detail. The images show deep channels cut by rivers that flow beneath northern Europe's ice sheets. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. The floor of the North Sea is made up of layer upon layer of loose sediments that oil and gas and renewables companies must scan and understand to know where best to put their rigs or turbines. But in those images, scientists can also see the outline of once great rivers. These fossil valleys were cut by waters surging under the ice sheets that periodically covered northern Europe during past millennia. They record times when those ice sheets were melting rapidly, and that means the fossil valleys may hold clues as to how modern ice sheets will waste away in a warmer world. In financial news, Facebook has been accused of sexism in the way it displays job recruitment adverts. It follows an investigation by the campaign group Global Witness. The inquiry was led by Naomi Hurst. It's our view that Facebook is replicating the biases we see in the world, recreating the world as it is, not the one that we could have and not the one that anti-discrimination laws are trying to safeguard. People just aren't being able to get a fair shake. Currencies. The U.S. dollar is trading at 110.16 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 18 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 70 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,866, 451 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $80 billion. 
To sports, there were big wins for Italy and Germany in football's World Cup qualifying. The European champions hammered Lithuania 5-0 with two goals from Juventus forward Moise Keane. Chelsea's Timo Werner scored for the third straight qualifier as Germany crushed Iceland 4-0. Spain won 2-0 away to Kosovo. Greece picked up their first win, beating Sweden 2-1 in Athens. Poland struck late to deny England in Warsaw. Damian Szymanski headed in from a Robert Lewandowski cross on the 92nd minute to erase Harry Kane's effort in a 1-1 draw. England's boss, Gareth Southgate, says he has to be pleased with his team's recent performances away from home. Across the week, they've done tremendously well. Two very tough away games. I think the level of performance has been good. Tonight was a very difficult test. Early part of the game was hard to get a grip. Poland, understandably, there. This was a massive game for them. Um, we then settled. I thought we used the ball well without creating any clear-cut chances first half. And second half, we totally controlled. I thought we were really mature with our display. Again, if there are two disappointments, really. One is to concede, as we did. And the other is that we probably didn't create as many clear-cut chances with that amount of possession as we'd have liked. In tennis, the British teenager Emma Raducanu is through to the semi-finals of the U.S. Open. The 18-year-old defeated Switzerland's Olympic champion Belinda Bencic 6-3, 6-4. Raducanu says she never expected to make it this far. My flights were booked at the end of qualifying, so um, <laughs> it's a nice problem to have, but... Uh, yeah, I'm just really enjoying the experience and um, out there on the court today, I was saying to myself, this could be the last time you play on Ash, so might as well just go for it and enjoy everything. Raducanu will next play Greece's Maria Sakkari in the semi-finals. In the men's singles, Alex Zverev is through to the last four after beating Lloyd Harris of South Africa in straight sets. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers begin their Super Bowl title defense tonight when they host the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL season opener. Here's a preview from our U.S. sports commentator, Jay Jovanovic. This season, more than any other over the past two decades, is all about the quarterbacks as some of the NFL's greatest players are challenged by an incredible youth movement. Of course, none other than Tom Brady, who is looking for his record-extending eighth Super Bowl title, perhaps getting even better with age at 44, as chronic knee problems no more. New Orleans Saints legend Drew Brees has retired. Aaron Rodgers' offseason woes with the Packers ensures this will be his last with Green Bay. Ben Roethlisberger's final season with Pittsburgh. 2015 most valuable player Cam Newton dumped by New England. And of course, gunslinger Matthew Stafford traded by Detroit while Patrick Mahomes of Kansas City, Cleveland's Baker Mayfield, and Buffalo's Josh Allen lead the way for the next generation of stars, with five teams starting rookies at quarterback. To the weather forecast, fine and very hot apart from isolated showers and thunderstorms later. Light to moderate east to northeasterly winds. The outlook, there will be squally thunderstorms tomorrow, sunny intervals and thunderstorms over the weekend. The temperature now is 32 degrees with humidity at 71%. The news from RTHK. Common Room.
with Alison Howe. Where you find inspiration. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. Career Insight. I am a international chocolate judge and also an international chocolate taster. And plenty of entertainment. Hello Hong Kong, this is Luz Capaldi here. I'm Dua Lipa. Hello everybody, we're Maroon 5. Stay tuned to Alison Howe. Hey, this is Lady Gaga. What's up Hong Kong, this is Lau. Stay tuned to Alison Howe. Come and hang out with us in the common room. Weeknights at 9 on RTHK Radio 3. The 2021 Election Committee Subsector Ordinary Elections will be held on September 19th. Polling starts at 9am and ends at 6pm. Voters should present their Hong Kong identity cards. After verifying voters' identities with the electronic poll register, polling staff will issue ballot papers. Voters are encouraged to vote. The elderly are at high risk of life-threatening conditions from COVID-19. The virus can damage one's heart, lungs, and brain. It may cause multiple organ failure that requires intubation in an ICU. After effects can hamper a recovery. Vaccines reduce risks of serious illness, hospitalization, and death. Experts advise that any elderly person who has had a flu shot can safely receive COVID-19 vaccines. Get vaccinated early. You ready to rewind? Tune in Saturdays from noon to 3, right here on Radio 3. Classic. For some classic Michael Lance bringing the past to the present. A little something for everyone. Guaranteed to take you back. And of course, some good old country. So join me for some classic Michael Lance. Saturday from noon to 3 on Radio 3. You can't touch this. Hello, good afternoon. You are tuned into RTHK, and this is the 123 show with me, Billy Clark. I'm sitting in for Noreen Mir on this Thursday afternoon. It's exactly 1.18 p.m. And it's a beautiful sunny day outside, but very hot. There's a hot weather warning in effect, in force. So take those fans or umbrellas or search out some uh, air-conditioned salvation. You know, I've always wondered, I had this debate with my friend. If you're trying to go somewhere and that spot, that location, your destination is air-conditioned, if you run there, will you exert as much stress and pressure as walking there slowly? Because it's humid, you're going to sweat anyway, right? So if you walk there slowly versus if you run there, which is going to exert more pressure? Something to think about. These are the kind of things I think about. Anyway, it's Thursday, September the 9th. You are a day closer to the weekend. One day away. But then again, the concept of a weekend is just a man-made construct of society. It's that five-day cycle bookended by those 48 hours of freedom. But then again, it's always good to have something to look forward to. So what are you looking forward to this weekend? What are your plans? I believe it's always good to have something to look forward to. If not, what's the point? 
speaking of things to look forward to, up on the show later, got loads of great music ahead for you this hour. And then after two, we'll be talking to Sadia Usmani, continuing her quarantine chronicles. For those regular listeners, they should know that she's in the midst of her quarantine. So she's going to giving, be giving some feedback on that. And then after 2.30, we'll be talking to Andrew Dembina, All Things Art. See what's happening in